0: Well, uh, coming back uh, to a story we covered earlier, and we promised to bring Jacques Stienkamp, our reporter, into studio. He's been covering this story and following it quite closely. Jacques, thanks so much for coming through on this Henry van Breda. And um, I wish I could say I was surprised that he actually turned himself in yesterday. But from the very beginning, it did seem very suspect that given the wounds that were inflicted on all the other family members, that he just walked away with a few minor scrapes.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's still innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But it's quite interesting looking at it. Um, I mean, I spent most of last week in the Cape, in the Western Cape uh, working on a documentary for special assignment about this case. Um, and the interesting thing that popped out is like the autopsy report, looking at the wounds that was inflicted. It appears that Henry, which is, we now presume is, was the attacker, he shared a room with his older brother, Rudy. And he init- and the attacker initially attacked um, Rudy. And then he the person waited in ambush for the father, more and when he burst into the door, he was attacked with a 4.5 kilogram uh, axe. At the, in the back of the skull, and then the attacker proceeded into outside the door into the hallway where the mother and the sister were waiting. And now, neither Rudy or Martin has defensive wounds in their arms and stuff, so they didn't see this coming, but, but Teresa and her daughter, presumably, they had uh, defensive wounds before before the, the dead. Obviously, Marley survived this incident, but you must remember that she had a massive skull fracture, and somebody slit her throat as well with a bread knife. So it was remarkable that she survived this, actually. But if you look at the whole scene, it's very unlikely that I mean, I spoke to uh, a forensic expert that said it takes about 500 kgs of uh, force to to, to pierce the skull, to break the skull bone. So somebody was intently going out to cause harm on on this family. So it would be very strange that four people all had skull fractures. Three of them died because of the head wounds. And then the fifth person just walks away unscathed for the most part. So exactly, you're right. I mean, everybody was thinking that. It was very strange. I also found out that the mother still had 800 rand in in her wallet. The cell phones were in the house. Nothing was broken. Nothing was stolen. So it was very strange, the whole thing, that the, the, there was not, the, the motive must have been for this. So obviously, yesterday morning, apparently the NPA made made a decision now that um, they'll, have to, they'll have to arrest Henry. Um, and then he was given the opportunity to hand himself over by help us free yesterday at Sallambour's police station.
0: And um, there's also talk that uh, there were plans on his part to leave the country, go on vacation to Australia.
1: Yeah, well, that's, un- that's what I heard last week. I find it from some of my sources working on this case. Apparently, the rumor was that he was about to go on vacation to Australia. You know, him and his family, they lived in uh, Melbourne and Perth for quite a while. So they have dual citizenship. So from what I understand, um, he was about to leave and that basically forced the hand of the NPA because otherwise I mean, he's not, he wasn't a suspect until yesterday. So now they formally charge him, he can't leave the country. Even if he gets bailed, that'll take his passport. So I think that's kind of that kind of forced their hand to take action. And I mean, it was 16 months, and nobody knew exactly what was going to happen. But this kind of now forced their hand and we, we see what happened yesterday. I mean, he's appearing in court this morning.
0: And the other survivor, Marley, how is she doing at this point?
1: Well, the problem with Marley is she's a minor, so we can't really make contact with her. Her uh, curator, Louise Beckman, went to court last year to get an interdict against the media from like interfering in her life. But she's in matric, um, I mean, she's got retrograde amnesia, so she can't remember anything from that night. But apparently she's coping quite well. I, I, I'm sure that she's not taking the news of her brother's arrest very well because, I mean, she can't remember the incident or what happened. So if, according to if, if, in her mind, most likely she's sees her brother as the loving brother she grew up with.
0: And then uh, some media reports talking about uh, connection to drugs and, you know, a tick addiction. Did you learn anything about that?
1: Yeah, the interesting thing, I mean, there was loads of media reports, especially in the newspapers about that. But from what I understand, the police never took any... Um, Blood samples, or to test whether he was, or whether Henry, the suspect, now was on drugs, or whether he was using alcohol. I think they might have neglected to do that. Although there is speculation that he was on drugs at the time, that will have to be proven in court. We'll have to see what comes out.